ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Above the Bar podcast. For each week, we belly up to the bar with a new guest, find out what they do, who they are, and what makes them great. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Above the Bar podcast. It's your host, Sean. It's Wednesday, June 21st. It's the first day of summer. I just realized that. It's the lo- it's the longest day of the year. We fought so hard to get here just for now. Every day from here on out, it's going to be shorter. It's, I don't know who picked June. Like, why June? I have no idea. But as always, we've got a great show today. We've brought with us, um, I can't say if he's a made man, but he's made... He is a man. I can't say if he knows the dip. I will put it this way. I promise you he's never put sugar in his sauce. I promise <laughs> he doesn't call it sauce. He calls it gravy. And he might even know about hard-boiled eggs. Well, I don't know. I don't know if he knows about hard-boiled eggs in the sauce on Sunday. We'll have to talk about that. That's a very good thing. But I guarantee you he's had asabuco one day in his life, at least once. Joining us from Parts Unknown, which is New York City, joining us today, the CEO, the leader, the genealogy master, Mr. Bob Soriento. Oh, Bob, I can't get my, ah, Bob, I almost messed up for you. (laughs) I told you, Bob, I don't script that. Well, you you know, know, in in New York, it's Sorrentino. In Naples, it's Sorrentino. Sorrentino. So my before we we're going to get into this in a moment, Bob, I can't wait because we talked a little bit before the show. I promise you, I I went to six years of Catholic school trying to explain to the kids who had like legitimate Italian last names whose moms were like absolutely Italian. You know, they were all nobody's mom was over four foot eleven, dark hair. <laughs> And, you know, the kids were the same way. And they're like, your last name's Murphy. I'm like, but my grandmother and my, like, my dad was half Italian. Like, there was no, and they were like, no, you're not. Your, your name is as Irish as it gets. So we'll get into that in a minute. But as always, folks, over my right shoulder, we got the big sign for sticker and a cause. You got something you're supporting. Maybe you you have a genealogy for Polish. I know some, we talked about this last week. All the Polish jokes are done. Nobody does Polish jokes anymore. Um but maybe you have a genealogy for Polish. Maybe you've got a Girl Scout troop. Maybe you've got something going on and you're looking to support it and you want people to hear about it. Reach out to me, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, whatever it is that you're reaching out to me on. Let me know what it is. Send me a message. I'll give you the e- the address where to send it to. You send me a sticker. We put it up on the big board for sticker and a cause and you get some free advertising. Sticker and a cause. Send some out here, folks. Other side to this, as always, and our sponsorship continues to grow. Uh, we're beyond just budget blinds of East Greenbush. We were just contacted, and we are going to have budget blinds of Hudson. And uh, this would be a good game. I think this was a good game. Somebody talking about this. Have you ever heard of Cooksaki, New York, Bob? Yes. Yes. Now, have you ever seen how Cooksaki is spelled? Yep. Does it sound like it says it says Cooksaki? No. <laughs> nope. Nope, it is an HR nightmare. But that being said, and for those who don't know, look it up. You'll understand what we mean. And as always with these guys, are you – let's see here. 
Picture this, beautiful custom windows, perfectly complementing the decor, providing privacy and blocking out harsh sunlight. And guess what? Getting the blinds of your dream is as easy now as just reaching out to budget blinds. Let them know what, what you're looking for. They'll contact you, set up a time just for reaching out to them. The consultation's free. The measurement's free. Their own installers are going to be the people. That are gonna, it's not going to be like, well, this person from this company is going to come look at your windows. Or maybe they don't even come out at all and tell you, we'll come into our showroom and we're not even going to show it to you. Let them know. They come out. They look at it. Their own installers. They're not hiring some guy off the street and saying, hey, go put on some windows. Their people are going to do it for you. You've got it all. Plus, a five-year, no questions asked warranty, meaning something happens to that window treatment. You let them know. They're going to go ahead and replace it. No questions asked. One time for each window. And on top of that, if you let them know that you're there to belly up to the bar, they're going to give you a 10% discount off your entire order just for saying you're there to belly up to the bar. That's budget blinds of East Greenbush and Hudson and Cooksaki. They're all budget blinds. So I just group them all together. What do you think, Bob? You ready for some new window treatments? Uh, yeah, but I don't know. Did they come to New Jersey? Because we're in New Jersey. So. Well, see, well, they do come. To, you know what? They are in New Jersey. They're the uh, largest in North America, 1,100 locations. So I think they'll come to Jersey. But is it, you know, we've all watched The Sopranos. Can we come to New Jersey? Is it safer for us, any of us to come to New Jersey, Bob? Oh, sure it is. Yeah. Yeah. Tell them you know me. And, they, you know, yeah. I know Bob. I'm going to be in New Jersey in, uh, in July. I will be in New Jersey. I'm going to, uh, Around Princeton, somewhere around Princeton, New Jersey. Did you know Bruce Springsteen's grandmother was a Sorrentino? Was she really? Yes, yes. See, now that's another. That's another example. So, people are like, "Oh, tell me about Bob." Well, let, I mean, look, here's why I wanted Bob on, and I've said it already. I got picked on so bad as a kid <laughs> because if you lived in the '80s, from every Rocky movie, anything Stallone did, you you wanted to be Italian. That was a fact. Look at um, <clears throat> Andrew Dice Clay. As Jewish of a comedian as you can find, everything about that guy was Italian. He wanted to be Italian so bad. He wore the leather jacket. He had the slick back hair. He had the tint. He wanted to be Italian. If you lived in the 80s, that's what you wanted to be. Would you agree with that, Bob? Uh, yeah, I would think so. But um, uh, people still want to be Italian. So there you go. Well, I mean. <laughs> did Bob at what point in, in your and here's how I, it, my picking one got started at what point and I still have mine do you own an Italian horn you, you know I did to your point probably back in the 70s and 80s it's still up in a closet someplace uh, but I have a I have a, a gold one that my wife gave me you know it's not one of those red plastic ones I have a gold one I have a gold one yeah there you go I mean I think it, but I do remember the red plastic ones, you know, car mirrors and stuff like that. But so Bob, Bob, tell us a little bit about you have, you're the CEO of the, uh, the media group. And then you have the uh, running along the bottom of the screen. If you see it, you have Italian genealogy dot blog. What kind of, what is it about? I mean, it, it sounds pretty self-explanatory, but I feel like it doesn't say enough just by saying, well, it's a blog about Italian genealogy. Tell me a little bit about what got you to decide to, to go and follow this dream. Well, you know, I always I always enjoyed history. That was my thing in school. Math, not so much. English, not so much. But I, think, I was good in history. And I always enjoyed growing up, uh, going through the old 
photograph book with my mom. And, you know, we had the, the black book with the wooden cover and the little corners and all of that. Um, but it wasn't until maybe 15, 16 years ago, I actually really started getting into the genealogy. And I had done so much of that for my own family that I decided to start the blog because uh, I wanted to get that word out there, you know, what I did, why I did it, that kind of thing. And um, that evolved into doing the podcast and the YouTube because the blog was great, but it was only one way. So I wasn't hearing everybody else's story. And, and that I wanted to see, am I the only one who's doing this? Now, you, you talk about everybody else's story. I am curious, and I'm going to make you tell, tell your story. When I think, and this is my big thing that I love about what you're doing. I don't know of any other culture, <clears throat> excuse me, but American culture where, I, you know, let's call it what it is. We don't have necessarily, in my opinion, a culture that we identify with. We we're all this American, that American. I've traveled overseas plenty of times, been throughout Europe. You will never you'll never go to Italy and find one of them call themselves, even if they have they were born in the States and moved to Italy, you know, when they were they'll never call themselves an Italian American. They'll never do that. They're Italian. If they moved to it, we we're the only culture I know of that does that. We have to this then American. With gaining these stories, did you feel like hearing your story, like, hey, maybe I am more American this way than I realized? Does that make sense what I'm asking? Like, the Italian part is part of your history, but it makes you more American. Yeah, no, I, I know exactly what you're saying. And, you know, growing up in the 50s and 60s, you, we never said Italian-American. Somebody asked you, what are you? Or they would know from your last name. Oh, you're Italian. You know, you're, you're Irish or German, whatever. We never used Italian-American. That came, that came later. Um, and, you know, when you go to Italy, you're not Italian. <laughs> you're an American. You're not even an Italian-American. You're American. And it's very clear when you get there how American you actually are. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of like... Um, some people say it, you know, I'm, a, you know, American with Italian roots or an American with Italian blood or was something to that effect, you know? Now, what do you think about, and I, I just, this is a recent thing that I started seeing is, is uh, people looking into how to gain a, additional citizenship. So I believe, and you correct me if I'm wrong on this one, like I could go get Italian citizenship as long as I can show an Italian lineage. Yeah, it's a little bit more complicated than that. I'm actually working on mine. I wish I started, you know, 30 years ago, but I didn't. Um, oh, so you are doing? Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm on the consulate list. I'm like number six thousand to get an appointment in New York. So I'm. I'm working with an attorney in Italy to to do it through the court, which is probably. Uh, it's not the fastest way. The fastest way is to actually go live there for 45 or 60 days. Um, but it's quicker than you know waiting three, four, five years to get on the on the uh, to get an appointment to see the consulate in in New York City. Um, but you know there are specifics around that you have to you have to have 
a couple of ways of doing it. But the main thing for most of us, your father would have to have been born while your grandfather was still an Italian citizen. Oh, really? Yeah. So in my case, my father was born in 1923. My grandfather naturalized in 1939. So my father was born while my grandfather was still an Italian citizen. So mine wasn't. So my, my father, my grandfather, had, who was Italian, had passed away by the time my father was born. But my grandmother, my great grandmother. Well, well, now you still could go. Now you could, if you, now this is funny. If you were um, born after 1948, you can apply through your grandmother well, if see, she I, was an Italian citizen. So my grandmother but, was not an Italian uh, citizen. She was the but, first in her family born here <laughs> from Sicily. Uh, well, but but it depends probably, but, but but would depend on her mother too. Uh, yes. I think the same. I think the same rule applies. However, that being said, my brother who was born in 1946 could not apply through my grandmother, my my maternal grandmother, because. The law was passed in 1948. So if you were born before 1948, you can't. If you were born after 1948, you can't. Oh, that's hilarious. And it, it's interesting. And the reason I bring this up is because that's something that's that's come up. And knowing that history and, and, and being able to research those things, as you started going on this journey, and we hear the stories. Like the, one of the biggest stories from my, my great-grandmother was always that uh, if you asked her where she – and this, I think, is a difference. I very much delineate Sicilian from Italian. Uh, I think they do over there also, from my experience. But I delineate it very much. But um, my grandmother used to say, if you asked her where she lived at in uh, Palermo, she would tell you the house on the hill. There was no address. There yeah. was nothing. And and it was like, well, well, Grandma, like what? It was the house on the hill. So what, what are some of the things, and that's a story that everybody in our family has kind of carried with us that knew her. What are some of the things you learned from yourself that, that kind of helped push this, this journey forward for you? Um, I think it's two things. The first thing is I, I always kind of identify with Italian. Um, we went there the first time 28 years ago, 27 years ago. Uh, and we're walking around and my wife said, you love it here, don't you? And I said, I feel I'm like I'm above, I'm, I'm with my people. Now she's half Sicilian. She didn't feel that way, but I did. Um, but I always felt this strong attachment, you know, and I don't know if it's because my grandparents were always speaking Italian or the, you know, we grew up with the Italian meals and all of that. I, I can't pinpoint why. Um, the other thing is, and I, and I truly believe that, um, these they want to be found and there's a person or persons maybe two in each family who has that calling to do this research and to find the history some of my cousins they're very interested some of them are like what are you wasting your time for who cares <laughs> and the funny thing in italy they don't have to do that because they've been you know a lot of times they've been in the same place for 100 200 300 years same time. have to do it, you know. That's why I say our our our, our history. So, so if somebody wanted to to start this journey, you know, obviously they can listen to your podcast, they can check out italiangenealogy.blog, 
they, you've got the YouTube videos, all these things going on. But if somebody said, hey, I want to start this journey to figure out my genealogy and to figure out, you know, what it means to have a heritage, what would you recommend? Talk to grandma. Talk to grandma. Talk to grandpa. If they're not alive, find the oldest uncle, the oldest aunt, the oldest cousin. That's the place to start. The place because the you, you'll learn a lot more from the oral history of your family than you will from researching any records. So they will know the stories. They may know they'll they'll know somebody that you never heard of. Uh, they'll be able to connect some of the dots for you. Um, the, the, the other thing is, uh, if you don't want to spend a lot of money, um, set up an account with familysearch.org. They're free. Ancestry, you have to pay. Familysearch.org, you don't. Um, and in some cases, I think it's easier to connect through familysearch.org. And they also have a free half-hour consultancy. So you could, they have a link. You could fill out a form. You send it to them, and if the, whatever they find, they'll then do a half-hour call with you. Oh, that's cool. And and give you all the information. And I did it. I did it mainly just to try it because I've interviewed a few people from FamilySearch.org, and um, they found it. It wasn't necessarily a will. It was the challenge to a will from my fourth great uncle in in uh, Calabria. Oh, down in Calabria, really? Yeah, yeah, and it's all you know, obviously all in Italian, and you know when you if you if you're lucky enough to find a will, a deed, or something like that, you get more insight into that person than just you know finding they were born on this date in this town. And and the interesting thing about um, this great uncle, a couple of two things. One was his last name was Deriso. He was the he was the heir to the to the town of uh, I think it was Capignone. Um He had no male heirs. However, he stipulated in this will that no one could inherit his fortune unless their last name was Deriso. The only Deriso at the time was my fourth great grandmother, his niece, and. Even though she was a female, she inherited everything. One of her male cousins or nephews or something like that eventually challenged it, challenged the will. And that's what this document is all about. Oh, but so in this will, in this document, he had stipulated that the, the church was to receive funds from his estate in perpetuity. So, you know, like I said, these are the things that you learn if you're lucky enough to find something like that as to what these people thought about, you know, Italians, I mean, very, like the Irish, very, very religious people. Oh, yes. right? Everything was at the church. Even today, everything's about the church, right? Well, that was, per that was perfect at, at my, my house. You know, I had a, an Irish grandfather and an Italian, an Italian grandmother. Like I can still remember one time go we were going to church. I grew up in a Catholic church uh, household going to church one time. And, and I wanted to throw on shorts, but my, we were going to see my grandmother <laughs> And you'd have thought I asked to go ahead and just put on a red suit and devil horns and walk into church. <laughs> my my father was like, son, we are not going to see your grandmother for church with you in a pair of shorts. That's not happening. And my father didn't go to church. It was one of those rare occasions. He's like, that's not happening. 
just know it's not happening. So I, I understand exactly what you mean with that. But so what are, you know, now on the show, on your podcast, what are some of the people that you interview or what do you try to get, get behind uh, as far as those interviews are concerned? Uh, well, I interview, you know, different types of people. Most of them are people just like us who have, you know, done, done their research, have an interesting story, um, want to tell the history of their family, uh, where they're from, why they came, things like that. Um, you know, I did come across some very, very interesting stories from a few people that, you know, I mean, you know, some people may think I'm nuts, but kind of cements my idea that these people want to be found because things have happened during their research that you, you can't explain. Um, and, you know, one that really stands out a lot is um, a person from, from FamilySearch.org who I interviewed. He's Italian. Um, and he was going to uh, Pennsylvania to give a talk. And he was researching his uh, grandmother, and I think he, I think he was looking for it was either her birth certificate or her uh, marriage certificate. I don't remember which. Anyway, he goes to this conference. He says, "I look over in the booth, and there's a woman there who's got the the tag on that she's from the archives of New Jersey, and that's where my grandmother was from." So I went over and asked her, "You know, I've been looking for this record. I can't find anything. You know, maybe you could help me out or something like that." And he said. She, oh, the, the whole, before he left, he said, I looked up at the sky and looked up at the ceiling and said, grandma, help me out. Mm -hmm. So he goes there, he sees this woman and he asks her, you know, here's my grandmother's name. He said, she kind of looked at me like, okay, sure. You know, like she couldn't be bothered. He said the next day before my talk, she came up to me, handed me an envelope and said, open this after you finish. And he opened up the envelope, and it was his grandmother's record. Wow. So is that wild or what? <laughs> it really is. I See, and I think my – I actually – in the other room, I, I don't know if my wife's watching or not. If she if she is, I'll have her bring it – grab it for me. I have – this. here's an Italian one for you. I have my great-grandmother's wedding photo hanging on the wall. But here's how Italian they they were. She married the one the one brother. Her sister married mm -hmm. the other brother. Like, and, and I mean that was my aunt Sadie, who I knew her grow. That was one of those things. Like, when when in a did you experience that a lot? Being in a big Italian household, I felt like everybody like when when we had gatherings everyone was there like you you couldn't miss the gathering everyone oh, yeah absolutely absolutely and you know on my on my um my mom's side my uh that, that's what my grandmother lived for that was her thing singing the kids she had 23 grandchildren she lived to see the grandchildren nothing made her happy more happy than to see the grandchildren um and it's it's interesting because you know i come from my parents come from two vastly different Italian families. Um, my mom's family in Italy were farmers in Torito body and, you know, very poor and, and things. Uh, and my father's, my father's family was, um, his father came from, I guess, a gentrified type of family. My great grandfather was an attorney who later became a Supreme court justice. Oh, wow. 
my grandmother was from two noble families, very, very noble families. Um, so, you know, when I compare the two families, I could never really understand yeah, that's why very- my, my, my mom's mother was very, very outgoing, very, you know, boisterous, loved to have the kids around her. My, my dad's mom was much, much more stately. And I never could figure out why. And, and then now when I've done this research, I say she came from a totally different background. Interesting. You know? and, and, and that's kind of, that's kind of the way I kind of pieced it together. I mean, I don't know for sure, but that's kind sure. of my thought process, you know? Now with the one grandmother being much more, like you said, stately, more reserved in that sense, did she bring the Italian cooking to the table or was that kind of like not a thing on that side compared to the other grandmother who, you know, she had to figure it out. She had to put it all together. Uh, well, my, uh, my, my dad's mom, uh, she had a stroke while the sauce was cooking on the stove. <laughs> so <laughs> she lived in, she lived in the two family house with my aunt downstairs and my aunt used to hear her walking around. And one Sunday morning, she didn't hear her walking around. And she went upstairs and the sauce was on the stove and she wow. laid down and didn't wake up. Wow. So, so the answer is yes. <laughs> she, she, she was 78 years old. Still, she was still, my aunt lived downstairs. She was still making a sauce upstairs. Yeah. Grandma, grandma Rosie lived to 90 something gram or eight, 88, 90 grandma Dorothy. Who's my, my direct grandmother. She lived to be 92 or 93. And, uh, now I got to ask this question and this is a tough one to ask. I think any Italian, but I have an answer. Favorite thing that, that eat that your grandmother made. Um, well, you know, by the time both, you know, my, both my parents were at the younger end. So my grandmothers weren't cooking that much anymore. It was more my aunts and, and things. Okay. Um, but my very, very favorite was my uncle Frank, would make the homemade raviolis for Easter and Christmas. And, and he would have the big board with the big pin and could roll out that dough, you know, paper thin and stuff the raviolis. And uh, um, I eventually wrote a song about the raviolis because uh, my cousin Frank, when he was about 16, they used to put the ravioli on the, on the sofa to dry. They put a sheet and put the ravioli. Really? To let them dry out. And my cousin Frank sat on the raviolis. oh that's great see for me my grandmother her sauce was amazing i finally figured out the secret just recently which was uh country style pork ribs i didn't realize that's what she used till one day i was just playing with stuff and i figured it out but you know what she used to make was the olives she would make take the spanish olives and crack the skin put olive oil and uh, red pepper flakes and like, I think oregano in with them mm. and just leave them in the refrigerator. And there was always an entire thing of them in there, but she was such a great cook when she remarried my, so my grandfather passed and she remarried a few years later. She married a, a Polish man, Kazmi Kazmier Tilak, who, you know, was my grandfather right growing up. She learned how to make Polish food. That's how good she was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're a good cook, you're a good cook. I mean, you could, you could cook anything. Now, have you been back to, have you been to Sicily? I have been to Sicily once. I went to, uh, Catania, 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 Sicily. Cause there's a uh, base over there. So I went 
to Catania, Sicily. I've been to Bari, Italy, Naples. Uh, spent two weeks in Venice. Um, that was that's where I, I've hit up in throughout Italy. Very, you know, and even Nate. Have you been? Did you go to Naples, Bob? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know when you. Well, you said it was like twenty seven. We, we, we just went last year. Oh, yeah, we just last year. I don't know if it's any different. All I remember when we went to Naples was they gave us a Liberty brief. Like we were walking into New York city in the No, 80s. It's much better now. Yeah. They, were like, they <laughs> were like, listen, Marines, you go pairs <laughs> of two, at least you don't leave your buddy. You don't understand this city. There's things going on. There's an element in this city. And I'm like, what? It's Naples. Like, isn't this supposed to be like pizza and stuff like that? Like, I'm 18, 19 years old at the time. I'm like, pizza, it's Naples. And they're like, no, no, you don't understand, Marine. Like, th so back, this was 96, 97 Naples. So it was a different world. Yeah, no, I mean, we, that's, that's when we went there. But at the time, we just stopped there to get a car to go to Sorrento. But um, no, it was fine. We, you know, we went, we were on our own for a bit, but we also had, you know, the whole tour thing going. And um, that was specific just for us. But um, there was one specific area that they told us we couldn't go to. Um, my grandmother's family grew up on Via Carbonara. And there's the Hotel Caracciolo used to be their, their palazzo. But they lived across the street. And there was a whole block of houses there. Because when I look at the records, I see number 30, number 23, number 32. You know, somebody was born there. Somebody died there. All that kind of stuff. My father's family lived just kind of maybe a quarter of a mile from there. And they said, we know you know where your dad's family is from, the Sorrentino's family, but we're not going to, we can't take you there. Really? So, you know, but we were in, we, we had a place in the old city, you know, it was fine. I mean, I wouldn't walk around there at, you know, two o'clock in the morning by myself or with the family, but in the afternoon it was fine. There was, you know, there were a million people around, tourists, you know, people who live there. The interesting thing about Naples, the old city, um, is, is, and I kind of learned this, but then people told me, Neapolitans still live there. It's not really? a tourist place. Um, so it's still a vibrant Neapolitan city, you know, the way it always was. I mean, people are still hanging the laundry out the windows and, you know, you know sitting down and having their dinner and, and things like that. So, um, but, you know, you, you, you're in this town that's a, you know, city that's a thousand years old, you know, or more than a thousand years old, actually, you know, and the, and the cobblestones are still the same and, and all of that. Um, but we, I did a sp very specific ancestry tour with my friend Letizia Sinisi from Italy Rooting. And I wanted to go to, the towns that my grandmother's ancestors came from because of that, that linkage to nobility. And so we went to Capricota uh, in Molise, which was just a super, super little town, thousand people up in the mountains. Um, we went to Avellino um, where my seventh great grandfather, eighth, ninth great grandfathers were the, the princes of Avellino. Uh, and you know, we, we had this experience and I said to Letizia, I said, I can't believe that they're treating us like this. And, and she said, well, they would do that anyway, but because of your family. And I said, but, but that's what I don't understand. These people lived 
three, four, five hundred years ago. And she said, we don't forget. They don't forget. And she said, if you think they treated you like royalty here, wait until you get to Calabria, wait till you get to Montebello. And that's where my grandmother's Piramalo, that's where her family was from. They were the barons of there. And they did this whole day affair with us with this big picnic. And, and we were talking about food earlier. Everything that we ate was made, not, not cooked, but created. So the cheese was homemade. The capicola was homemade. The wine, of course, was homemade. The olives were homemade. The bread was homemade. And, and I was eating the capicola and I said to them, we don't have this in America. <laughs> and they said, oh, you know, we do it the way we did it 300 years ago. We kill the pig on Chris the day after Christmas. We cure it until March. And now you eat it. And it was so matter of fact, like, you know, doesn't everybody do this? <laughs> you, you didn't call it gabagool, right? You didn't. You no, didn't. no. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like the gabagool. And now it's interesting. So what was this tour? Tell me about this tour, because I find that like, did you have to supply them with the information or did you, did they say, Oh, you're looking for those folks. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Well, I mean, because of the years and years of research, I, you know, I knew, I knew who they were. Um, and so we were supposed to go, we were supposed to go just right when COVID hit um, and, and wound up getting postponed. But, when I hired Letizia to do this, I gave her the family, right? And I said, I want to go to these towns because I know these are the hometowns that, you know, the, they came from. And she did all the rest. She contacted all of these people. They set up all of these things. Wow. Uh, and, you know, I say this to people all the time. If you go to Italy and you know where your family is from and you don't visit that town... You blew it. You blew it. You know, that's amazing. That's the whole point when you, and, and again, there's stories. I'll, t I'll tell you another story about yeah, things please. don't happen by accident. Uh, the, um, the person who helped me do some of my ancestry work over there, cause I had a roadblock and he helped me find the Sorrentino family. Um, he had a client and they were walking through the street um, in this little town and this old lady comes up to them and says, you know, in Italian, who are you? So Alessandro explains to her that his family's from here and, you know, they lived on the street. And she said, I bet. She goes in her pocket and puts out his key and says, come with me. She goes to this little chapel for, for um, Santa Lucia. And in this chapel, they have the shrine to Santa Lucia. And in this particular town, what they would do is they were they were uh, asking people from the United States or around the world to to send money or to send things uh, to help keep the church and everything. As it turned out, they never sold any of this stuff. They just put it in the shrine, and all of these things are there. And what she told this guy to do is to pick something up and put it on his eyes because Santa Lucia is the patron saint of eyes. Okay. He puts the thing to his eyes and he says, I don't believe this. So Alessandra says, what don't you believe? He says, this has my great grandparents' names on it. Get the hell out of here. I'm getting goosebumps as I'm telling you this story. So, you know, that's why I said these things don't happen by accident. And, and um, 
you know, when we went to the church in Capricota, for example, um, the, the, my fourth great grandmother, the one I mentioned earlier, Deriso, they had vestments that she had made in Naples in like 1790. Now, what's a and, vest? What's a vest? You know, the vest that the priests wear for mass. Oh, okay. Okay. And it had the, the crest on it. And the priest explained to me this was donated by your fourth great grandmother. And this isn't, these aren't the only ones. We have several of them. So these things are 300 years old. They still use them, they still use this stuff. Now, how do they know, though, that that's who, where, the, where that came from? Well, because, you know, the, the, and there's a lot of, you know, and people don't understand a lot of things about the, the nobility. I don't know about other places, but especially in Italy. The church was everything to these people. Right, yeah. And the nobility supported the church. They built the churches. They supplied the vestments. They supplied the chalices. They, they you know, up, kept kept up the whole place because people didn't really have money for that. Um, so no one, you know, where my family came from and the, the priest did this whole talk, you know, introducing us. And uh, it, was a, it was a Sunday. So it was after Sunday mass. Nobody left. Nobody left while the priest was introducing me and saying that my family came from this place. And then I had a talk. And of course, I'm talking in English and nobody left. It's just, you know, it's just the way they are there. Wow. They're just very respectful and, and very excited when we go there and we say, we want to see where our grandparents lived, our great grandparents lived. They love it. They, they love it. Yeah. I, it's, I find that completely fat because to me, I would love to go, but obviously I'm, I'm scared that I'm going to show up and I'm going to be like, yeah, so like the Morantos and the Valenzianos, and somebody's gonna be like, "Here's your bill, you owe us money." <laughs> somebody didn't, pay, somebody didn't pay a tab, and now that we know where to find you, this is on you at this point. And I'm gonna be like, "I, I don't." Well, well, you know, it's it's funny you say that because some people there think we're going back to claim something. So. <laughs> right, you know, like, oh wow, wait a sec, he's showing up. You know, you got some back taxes here on. You know, your you know, your grandmother said that it was the house on the hill. Yeah. You got some taxes you need to pay. And I don't, you know, I don't have any Italian money. I might have a coin around here somewhere left over from a trip. But well, I, in, in September, we're going to we're, we're going to my mother's hometown in, in, in Bari, Torito. And um, the, uh, the interesting thing about there is that my great grandfather actually owned a house, which is unusual. And he was the he was the. Uh, town milkman uh, in that he, he had a cow or two and he would walk through the street with a cow. And if you wanted milk, he'd stop in front of your door, milk the cow. What? <laughs> what? That's crazy. Uh, you know, there's a lot. It must be, you know, my dad was a juice man, Bob. You know, he used to deliver juice to everybody, you know, when you, when you didn't get it. But so. Now you you talk about that like going back over and and you know these connections and folks look make sure you're checking out uh, italiangenealogy.blog you can also find Bob on, on Facebook with Italian Roots and Genealogy he's over on LinkedIn uh Bob Sarantino he's over there you can find him on LinkedIn he he's the CEO of everything you know you you can find Bob 
Bob Brown. Make sure you're checking these things out. Make sure you see what he's got going on. Um, what about with these type type of things? You know, I know we talked about. You know, you said asking grandparents, aunts, uncles, things of that people of that nature. Is there any other? You know, like I did ancestry, and it was interesting to me that when I did ancestry, funny enough, my Italian side really didn't show up. They weren't on there. Like I finally recently had one of them show up. Uh, a lot of the Irish side, my mother's side. Is there any other of those? I know you mentioned uh, the one that was free. Is there any other spots that you say, you know, like, what about going to, you know, a consulate? You know, if you have time to go to New York City or reaching out to an Italian consulate, is it worth it? Can they help you? Or is that kind of like, that's not what they're there for? No, that's not what they're, they're really there for. Uh, I mean, the best the best place to go, if you have questions, um, you know, I have like 11,000 on my Facebook group now, um, Italian Roots and Genealogy. Uh, people there will help you in an instant. So if you have a question, you have a family. I mean, I can't tell you. I've lost count of how many people have found the actual relatives there. In fact, I found one <laughs> that got on my that I never knew of before. Uh, so there, you know, a lot of people help there. They'll help with translations. They, you know, you'll you'll probably find a family member there. All right. Now, the other thing is too, um, if you know the hometown, look for a Facebook page with that hometown. Okay. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. If you do that, put it out there, put your name out there. If there's somebody on there that has that last name, they'll, they'll probably help you. Um, and also look for, look for groups with your last name. Now, here we, here we go. So I'm Bob, I'm going to jump. I'm, I'm jumping right on to your Facebook group right now. So we're going to Italian Roots and genealogy. So if I was on Italian roots and genealogy on Facebook, how would you recommend that I ask that question? Like, Hey, I'm looking to find any, what I say, Hey, I'm looking to find any Marantos or Valenzianos from Palermo. Yeah. Yeah. Just like that. Just like that. Just right. like that. I'm researching. I'm, I'm just starting my research or I've been researching a little bit. I, I'm just looking to see if there's any fam family members and, uh, don't be surprised if somebody says, hey, I know that last name. All right, so we're going to do it, Bob. Right now, live on the air, I'm looking for any – I don't even know how to spell Maranto. Marantos. Right. How do you spell Maranto, Bob? I, would, I think it would be M-A-R-A-N-T-O, I think. Maranto, probably. See, this is what – see, this is already the problem, Bob. I don't know how to spell it. doesn't matter. You know, somebody will say the real spelling is this. <laughs> Rantos or Valenzi. I don't even know how to. Sp I don't even know how to spell that one. I know I spelled that one wrong too. This is not good, Bob. How am I going to find my family, Bob, if I can't even spell the right name? This isn't good. Trust me, somebody will. Somebody will recognize <laughs> it. Believe me, somebody will come back and say, "I think you mean this name." Uh, somebody, um, like, you're an absolute imbecile. You're an <laughs> how dare you butcher the Italian names like this? You're an absolute fool. What are you doing? Well, your first name is Sean, so they'll get it. They'll, they'll get it. They'll be like stupid <laughs> Mick over here trying to put in some Italian stuff, and and he's getting it all wrong. No, no, it's gonna happen. So now you, for your podcast, I wanted to ask because I I love supporting other podcasters, 
and we're coming up on we're coming up on time to close the bar here soon. How often do you record? Where where can they find you? Do you? We talked a little bit about this uh, before the show. You do lives also, right? Yeah, once in a while I'll I'll do a live. I call it Sunday Italian dinner, and I'll, I'll try to get a, a guest, and uh, then you know people could chime in and ask a question here and there. But I try to do I try to do one a week. Um, I think there's some close to 200 out there now. Um, and uh, if it's on, it's the the, the home um, audio is on uh, Buzz Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout. Uh, Buzzsprout. Um, so it's on there. But if you just go to the blog. You can find everything there. You can find all the links on there to the to the uh, podcast and um, and also to the YouTube, uh, or just go to the Facebook page and everything's out there. So it's pre- pretty simple to find. Right. So, yeah, oh, there's I found how how to spell Valenciana. Uh, so now you you're doing once once a week doing lives. Um, I got I always ask all, all my my podcasters this. Getting into podcasting, if somebody wanted to get into it, I know this is a little bit of a left turn for us because we're, we're. I want everybody to go to italiangenealogy.blog. I want everybody to check out Italian uh, genealogy or Italian roots in genealogy. I want you to check that out. Get in those. Any advice for somebody who's looking to get into podcasting? I always got to ask that, especially you've done more. I thought I did a lot of episodes. You got me beat. Yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, it's pick your passion. You know, something that you're passionate about. Um, I like Buzzsprout. I, I found it easier. They they now have, um, you can, once you have a certain number of episodes, and it's not a lot, it's not like YouTube, um, you could actually uh, put advertising out there that they give you. So, you know, it's you, you're in a few cents here and there. Um, but it's, it's not hard. Pick, you know, pick something that you know and start with somebody that you, you know, start with friends. That's what I did. I started with a couple of friends. I started with a couple of cousins. Uh, I go back and listen to them now, watch them now, and I'm like, oh, my God, that was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but people actually now tell me, like, yo, you know, you know how to interview. So It, it feels good, doesn't it? Uh, let's ask this question. So Sunday sauce, let's talk about this for a second. Um, did, did you do the eggs? Yay? Nay? No, no. I mean, I know of it. Uh, I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't do the eggs. Um, interesting that you asked my, my mom's family. There was always, you know, we were there every Sunday. Uh, there was always a pot of sauce with, with, you know, some kind of meatballs and beef and pork and all of that in it. Oh. I have, uh, and it's on the website. If you go to the website um, and you look for the recipes, I have a bunch of family recipes out there that even you could cook as an Irishman. Um, <laughs> but my, I have, I have my, um, I have my paternal grandmother's sauce and uh, people freak out when I say this. She put in um, celery, chopped up celery, which it's not sugar, but it adds, takes the acid out. And she, you know, again, she was, she was from Naples from an upper class family at the end when you're finishing it, butter, believe it or not. hundred percent would agree with that. Put put butter in there. And Italians freak out when I say this. Really? Yeah. But believe me, it makes a difference. It makes a difference. So I, I put butter in my sauce. I've always done it. Um, just a thing to do that. 
Hey, welcome to cooking hour. Two guys who are just <laughs> eating chips from their grandparents. But, but I always did that. Um, the, I, I always thought that, you know, a little bit of, like just a pat or two, nothing crazy. It's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just a little bit of added fat. Just to finish at the end. Yeah. yeah it's a little bit of added fat into it. It, it give, gives a good flavor. And if you, I use salted butter, so it gives a little bit of that to it. But I had a, uh, my aunt's father who was very Italian, but he was, he always put sugar in his sauce. And yeah. I, I would be like, pop. And I was a kid. He, he was like, I had a lot of like, this grandfather died and that aunt father would, would like, all right, you're mine now. <laughs> yeah, I'll take you on over here. And he would put sugar in it. And I'd be like, pop, please don't do that. It, it would, it was like putting candy on top yeah. of noodles. And I was like, ah, can't do it. Yeah. I, I know what you mean. Well, when you, when you go to the recipe page, I want you to check out uncle Tony's chicken, uncle Tony's chicken, uncle right. Tony's chicken. And I make, I'm not bragging. Well, maybe I am. Bragging. I make the best, I make the best eggplant Parmesan and that recipe's out there too. Ooh, bro. <laughs> that's, you do understand that's. So that's, you, when you were growing up, you, you took the bologna sandwiches to the beach, beach we were taking eggplant Parmesan. Uh, I mean, like <laughs> that's a big, that's a big statement to say you make the best. Cause my, my stepmother makes, I call it eggplant lasagna where she layers the eggplant like a lasagna but it's it's parm it's yeah, yeah that's what i do yeah that's what oh, i do brother listen to me if you find me sleeping on your front step <laughs> one morning you're like who is this strange bearded man <laughs> on my front steps with a bottle of whiskey it's me i promise it's okay just let me in to eat oh god yes see that's but you know what that goes back you know and, and bringing this full circle back to what we were kind of talking about I think that's one of those things about Italian culture that everyone loved. You know, if you talk to my cousin, Kim is 10 years older than me. So she knew my great grandmother way more than I did. Like this was, she grew up with her more than I did. And to hear the stories, you know, everyone in the neighborhood came to my grandma, my great grandmother's house to eat. My mother lived at the opposite end of the block of the alley that my father lived on. And that's Baltimore. It's alleys. It's, mm -hmm. but you know, you would come up. I've run into people that were my uncle's age, who was only eight years older than me and would tell me, Oh yeah, your, your, your grandfather would pay me 50 cents to wash his car. And then your great grandmother would come out with cookies or, or bread or, or something for us to to go eat um so i mean i think that's one of those things where that makes italian culture so endearing to us w what are your thoughts on that uh, well yeah i mean you know family was paramount i mean uh, you know everything was about the family and in fact i'm i've gathered uh, home movies from i think six or seven different families and i'm going to work on a on a kind of a Ken Burns type of thing where I interview them and show the family movies going back to the, my friend Tommy is actually goes back to the 1930s. Um, so I have movies from the thirties and forties and fifties and sixties where I'm going to show, you know, dispel that whole soprano mafia kind of nonsense and show right. that, you know, we were just regular people, you know, uh, we had family gatherings like everybody else. We went on picnics and, 
you know, I even have, you know, Tommy's got his parents' wedding. I have my parents' wedding from 1944. Uh, I love it. And, but, you know, that's the thing. You know, the family was paramount back then to everybody. And unfortunately, we've lost that, I, you know, I think, for the most part. You know? I, I, would ag- I would agree with you. You know, we, didn't, we weren't, a, we weren't a, a every Sunday a household. We weren't. But there was those events, and, and you, you showed up, and, you know, my grandmother made my, our house. We weren't a Seven Fishes house. I don't know if you guys were. Were you a Seven Fishes house? Yeah, yeah. On, on, I'm not a fish person, but, yeah, they had it every Christmas Eve. <laughs> See, I, I, I am a fish person, and we grew up in Baltimore. We never did Seven Fish. But we were monstrous pan of lasagna and warm sauce on the stove. I, I can't remember ever going to my grandmother's and not there. They're not something on the stove, meatballs. And it was always the same thing. It was meatball, sausage and ribs in sauce. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was it. Yeah. And we didn't call it gravy. It was sauce. I'm sorry. Some people say, yeah, no, we were, we were gravy, but we were gravy. You see, we were sauce. I, I don't know why. Uh-huh. I tell people, does it, does it matter? As long as it tasted good, who cares what you called it? <laughs> That's it. Like, and nothing was better than uh Santoni. Where was a that was the grocery store? Santoni's uh Italian bread w- dipped inside of it was a big, sh- biggest smear of butter you could find, like, yeah. and then stick it right in there until my grandmother yelled at me to not double dip. <laughs> it probably happened at least once. So, you've got the podcast, you've got the blog. What is the you know, we're getting we're coming towards the end of everything. I don't want to miss anything. Bob, I'm so lo- like, Bob, I feel like this is like one of those conversations where I'm like, I want to tell people about this, but they don't believe me when I tell them. And I'm like, listen to me. It wasn't until I did my, like I did my 23 and me. And I'm like, it's going to come back. I'm 25% Sicilian. People are like, right, right, right. And then I like flip it around. I'm like, see, and they're like, you, I grew up, bl- <laughs> I had blonde hair growing up. My grandma, well, my cousin's, my cousin's hundred percent Italian. He's got red hair. So, right. you know, so who knows, but, but so since you mentioned it before we go, yeah, the book, there it is. <laughs> Farmers and nobles about my two families. Yes. It's available on uh, Amazon. It's Kindle. It's uh, Barnes and Noble, Janaway, and on my website, but I go into, you know, my stories, some of the other stories I mentioned, uh, there's, there's more of those how I started uh, a little background about my two families. And then I go into some of these noble families because one, you know, we know the Spanish Italian, we know the Spanish nobility. We know the the, the French nobility, the English nobility. People don't realize that up until 1860, 1861, all of Italy, all these little fiefdoms, all yeah. these little cities. I mean, every city had a baron account, this or that, the other thing. Uh, so, you know, we're talking less than 200 years ago. The, the country, it wasn't, it wasn't a country. It wasn't a country. Yeah, I think we, I think we missed that, you know, because, you, you know, you get into the fact that, the, you know, the Rome, you really want to get people riled up, up, remind them that the Roman Empire still existed as we were becoming a country. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're like, what? Yeah, yeah. The Roman Empire was just coming to the backside of it. 
as we were still a country. And then they, they really get riled up. So the books that who's, do you, do you read it? Do you have an audio audio version yet, Bob? I don't yet. I don't yet. I, I, I need you to read it, Bob. With my New York at with this accent, you want me to read? Absolutely. How perfect is that? So my grandmother met my grandfather. They were both. One was a noble. One was a peasant. They got together. They hung out. They went to the boroughs. They listen here. It was a beautiful thing. How great would that be, Bob? Like, all right. Since you say so, I'll I'll do it. That see, I. I'm all about those good accents. I have a horrible Baltimore accent. I mean, give me a break here. You know, so you can use your your smooth, silky New York accent. Brooklyn, Queens, which is it? Queens, Queens. Hey, you know, and you could use that. You know, you know, they, you know, the, you know, the King of Queens, right? The show, yeah. The show, you know, the, the shot where he's walking away with the lemon ice and it falls out. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's right at the beginning there. The lemon ice King of Corona. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my grandmother lives four blocks from there. No, we used to we used to get five gallon, a big five gallon from there, when we'd have parties. See, I and, love that. And so, the guy who ran it was Pete Benferimo, 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 Benferimo. I think you 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 could only have one flavor. You could not say, "Give me lemon and blueberry." No. No, one fla- you get one flavor. You get chocolate, you get lemon, you get blueberry. <laughs> no mixing. That's it. You get your one flavor and you get out. That's it. <laughs> like, could you get back in line and get another you one? You can get another flavor, but you couldn't put them on the same. You couldn't mix them together on the same, uh, you know, that little cardboard thing oh, there. That's so great. <laughs> I love. See, those are the things like today, somebody, somebody would write a Yelp review and be like, I tried to get this mixed on here and <laughs> this gentleman just wouldn't allow it to happen. And they'd be like, it's such a kitschy little place. It's so, so nouveau. Like to us, it was like, really just put the, sh- put it on here. No, <laughs> this is the way this works. You cannot argue this. I love it. Uh, your next episode, Bob, what do we, what do we got for the next episode? Uh, gee, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't remember who's coming up next, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, I do have a couple coming up that within the next month or so. Uh, one is going to be about DNA. So uh, an expert on uh, DNA and how the when you look at ancestry, what does it all mean and how to make yes. sense of it. Uh, so that one's coming up, I think, in, uh, I think in August. Um, and uh, I think the next few are just... You know, people like us just telling their stories. If you want to tell your story, you know, contact me on just, you know, message me on Facebook. Join the group, message me on Facebook, and then then I'll put you in the rotation. There you go, folks. So make sure you're checking out italiangenealogy.blog or you're on Italian Roots and Genealogy. We got, look, just just to ruin everybody's summer, Christmas is only six months away. So you need... So you need to get a book. So hold the book up again, Bob. So everybody can get a book. So everybody can get Farmers and Nobles. Uh, get that book. It's on Amazon. I know you all got Amazon the accounts. There's the back. You can see all about Bob's family and everything. And maybe you can figure out how you could go over to Italy or wherever your people are from and go do, do a trip over there. Because there's probably, if there's one for Italians, there's there's probably one for, you know, Croatians or... Uh, yeah, Lebanese or, or mm-hmm. something like that. 
and you can go do the same exact thing. We got to get ready to close things up. But Bob, I think this is appropriate to have one guy who, who, who is Italian telling another guy who at least looks, the, you look the part too, Bob, you got, I've <laughs> got, if you're not watching the live video, Bob's got a good mustache. Like you got the same mustache. My uncle Wayne, oh, yeah. like the hair is, missing. <laughs> I mean, he is right there and he's got the, the shirt. He has got the shirt on at that. Like the, the, the good bolt Italian bowling shirt on like in any minute, he's got to be like, look, dude, I got to go. I got league <laughs> night tonight. We got to go. So getting ready here, those of you that watched the whole episode, normally you've watched me end these with uh, Earplug Podcast Network. Uh, a few months ago, the podfather, Herb, loved him to death. He closed it down. He's no longer podcasting after 12 years, and I needed to keep this going. So that being said, this is the inaugural episode. I wanted to wait till the end of it of the Second Front Network, a podcast and entertainment network dedicated to all of our hosts will be prior service, military, don't care what the subject is. So if you know somebody who's a podcaster out there that's prior service or is looking to get into podcasting that's prior service and has questions, please reach out to me. You can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, Instagram, even our email. It's all the above the bar podcast. Please reach out. Let us know. Again, this is the first one. You'll get to see our new clothes at the end of this episode. Please go follow Bob and everything he's got going on, all his stuff. I mean, Bob, you're a lot of fun, Bob. I'm going to tell you. And what, what were you drinking, Bob? I forgot to ask you. What were you drinking? Bushmills. You want, do you want to give the Bushmills story now or you want to wait till afterwards? Uh, let's wait till afterwards. It gets, right. gets kind of long. All right. I like, I, like a good, I like a good story about a good drink. So as we do, on, and I, like I said, Bob, I know you listen to all 185 episodes. This is 186, <laughs> I think. Uh, we always give the guest an opportunity for the final word. So, Bob, what is the final word? Uh, the final word is if you're Italian and you're going to Italy, you have to go to the hometown or it doesn't mean anything. Alrighty, folks, be sure to push your stool in. This has been a Second Front Podcast presentation found on Apple, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. 